On this episode of RevHang, Ben and I talk about the IndyCar Grand Prix of Toronto, the first and second IndyCar races at Iowa, and the Formula One Hungarian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome back to RevHang. I'm Nathan and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host Ben Bagley. How's you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. It's a little hot here, but it's a lot cooler than where I was, which was Central Oregon. Uh, watching a, a country music festival, which was super cool. Got to see Zach Bryan and Trampled by Turtles and Cheryl Crow, uh, a whole bunch of other really cool artists. So it was a good time. That does sound like a good time. I am a little jealous, but uh, I'm sure it was very warm over there. It's warm here, so I can't even imagine what it's like on the high desert over there. Yeah, yeah, don't try tent camping. Well, during the night it's okay, but once it hits about 8 a.m., it starts heating up pretty quick in the tent. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Last time I went camping, we had that same problem. You, uh, it's pretty nice at night, but once uh, we had a blue tent too, so it was like just straight oh. up greenhouse in there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, tents get pretty warm. But anyway, this is not a camping podcast. This is a racing podcast, and we have a ton of races to go over this week. Three IndyCar races and one Formula One race. So we'll start with the Grand Prix of Toronto on the streets of Toronto in IndyCar. Uh, qualifying through the top 10, just to give you some context, we had Christian Lingard, Scott McLaughlin, Padua Ward, Marcus Erickson, Felix Rosenquist, Will Power, Scott Dixon, Kyle Kirkwood, Roman Grosjean, and Marcus Armstrong. Very good showing from Marcus Armstrong, the rookie. Um, going into the race, Lingard maintained an early lead. There was a pretty large incident out of turn one and on lap one that took out several drivers, including Tom Blomqvist, who was in his IndyCar debut. Very sad to see because he was a, he's a fantastic IMSA driver, and um, I think he, I hope he gets some more shots to uh, show what he can do in IndyCar. And I think that maybe there's a possibility he's Connor Daly's full-time replacement starting next year, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, it, I got big uh, long out or long beach vibes from the start of this race. Yes, watching everybody much. pile up right at the start. Yeah, that's the the nature of street circuits. And we got Nashville next week, and so that's gonna be oh, quite fun to watch. That's, that's actually awesome. two weeks out. Actually, my bad. Um, but Nashville's always fun. Um, after the accident, Herda cut his way through the field after the restart. Um, didn't do super well in qualifying, but did end up making his way to the front from P14. Grosjean hit the wall and brought out a caution on lap 42, doing Grosjean things. Unfortunately, I love the guy, but he just can't stay out of trouble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On on lap 46, Castroneves spun out and brought out another caution. Um, race finally got restarted again, and then it was a battle between Pelot and Lundgaard for the lead for the rest of the race. But in the end, Lungard held out, and Polo was second, and uh, Colson Herta ended up in P3. Um, Polo, notably, uh, was basically just playing survival mode because his front wing was falling off one lap at a time even more. Uh, that was pretty scary to watch <laughs> every time yeah, he came around. Yeah, but the fact he was, yeah. he was able to stay in it for so long with a, a bad front wing was... Yeah, if you didn't have that... Uh, that not injury. What do you call it when a car gets broken? Why am damage? I struggling with this? I don't know. Damage. Yep. That's, yeah, we'll go with damage. Uh, I bet he probably would have been in first again. Probably. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he got up so high with a broken front wing is insane. Yeah. It was, it was actually broken for most of the race, and he made it work, yeah. but then towards the end, it really started to fall off, and uh, it was getting really sketchy at the very end there. Um, but that is uh, Toronto. Let's go through the results in first place. Uh, well, the podium was Lundgaard, Polo, and Herta. Fourth and fifth were Dixon and Newgarden. Sixth through ten were McLaughlin, Armstrong, O'Ward, Hall, and Rosenquist. Eleven through fifteen was Erickson, Canapino, VK, Power, and Kirkwood. 16 through 20 was Rossi, Ferrucci, Eilat, Stingray Rob, and David Malukas. Uh, 21 through 25 was Castroneves, Grosjean, DeFrancesco, Harvey, and Blomqvist. And 26 and 27 were Hunter Ray and Peterson. We had how many DNFs? 
looks like a total of one, two, six DNFs uh, from Grosjean all the way down to the end with Peterson. Um, Motorsport.com changed, <laughs> changed their layouts for all their results, and it's way harder to read on my script now. So <laughs> it's just going to be some hunting and pecking on this episode, I'm sure, until I figure out the new format for us. Um, yeah. But that's a but, uh, Yeah, I really liked right after that crash watching, I think it was Ray Hall, just back the car up and go around. Yeah. Took a little, a little detour. Yeah, there was a uh, kind of an escape road out through, lap through turn one, and uh, Ray Hall knew that and literally backed the car up probably a solid 50 feet <laughs> to get to that escape yeah. road and then uh, went down, went around the accident. That was pretty smart of him. It's like a I'd Fernando say. Alonso vibe with that one. Yeah, you can just tell the, the amount of experience that guy has. Yeah, he's like, yep, all right, I'll go around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Herta had a great comeback drive that race. Polo is really? very, very much still leading the championship. Uh, and Christian Lingard also drove a great race. Lingard's been so good. He has. Very, very good. Very impressive. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the top seat pretty soon. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what team gets openings. And if that's true, which team can snap him up first? Yeah, I think a lot of the top teams are pretty solid right now, with the exception of Andretti. Um, Andretti has Roma Grosjean and Dylan De Francesco, who I don't see either of which really maintaining their seat for very long, unless something drastically changes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, who knows? But uh, <laughs> Grosjean and De Francesco, especially, I would say, are kind of on the uh on the edge and then felix rosenfist and mclaren is uh they keep saying his seat is in jeopardy i don't really understand why because it always seems like he's doing pretty well he's doing pretty um, good yeah but they always say oh i don't know if he'll have his seat next year i'm like okay <laughs> so, <laughs> all right uh i guess i'll trust the people who were in the paddock every day but um yeah i don't really get it on that one <laughs> yeah i hate to see what they're saying about alexander rossi if that's the case yeah, because Rossi's not Rossi's been the worst McLaren this year, in my opinion. Yeah, but even then, Rossi hasn't been horrible. It's just yeah, no, Rossi he's just yeah, yeah. So who knows what'll happen? Uh, there's the the silly season hasn't really begun for IndyCar or Formula One yet, uh, which is weird. It was crazy this time last year. Yeah. Yeah, so but we got summer break coming up for uh for F one, so hopefully I'm thinking things will start kicking off then. Uh but I don't know, we'll see. Um moving on to the first Iowa race. Uh this is an oval. We had two identical races back to back on Saturday and Sunday this week. Um so Qualifying was the same for both races. They did one qualifying session that set the grid for both races. So we'll go through that real quick. The top 10 were Will Power, Scott McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, Padua Ward, Colton Herta, Alex Pillow, Roma Grosjean, David Malukas, and Marcus Erickson. Alright, going into the highlights of the first race. Hunter Ray made a huge move around the outside of a bunch of cars on lap 1. Um, that kind of became, uh, that gave, that gave, uh, Award and Erickson that idea for the next race, as we'll see. Um, Power and Newgarden led the field for most of the race with McLaughlin in tow. Uh, Graham Rahal hit the wall late in the race and brought out a caution. Um, on the ensuing restart, Award nailed the restart and took P3. And so the podium was Newgarden, McLaughlin, and Award. Uh, fourth and fifth were Marcus Erickson and Will Power. Six through ten was Dixon and Kirkwood, Polo, Asato, and Rossi. Eleven through fifteen was Grosjean, Malukas, Rosenfist, Castroneves, and Eilat. Uh, Sixteen through twenty was Canapino, VK, Harvey, Herda, and Lundgaard. Twenty-one through twenty-five was Daly, De Francesco, Hunter Ray, Carpenter, and Stingray Rob. Uh, 26 through 28 was Ferrucci, Peterson, and Ray Hall, and uh, looks like Ray Hall was our only DNF. Yeah. 
I think Newgarden had a. I think it was in this race. They kind of blended together for me, but uh, Newgarden had a, a great pass on uh, McLaughlin and Power in the first race. I think it was. That was the second race. Uh, yeah. Was it really? No, I think that oh, was man. today because. Yeah, that was my, that was my overtake of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, I was I I binge watched them back to back, which really hurt my yeah. able to ability to discern <laughs> between the two of them. I also binge watched together into one like Iowa five hundred. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> I did the same exact thing, so I, I totally get it. Everything's <laughs> kind of cloudy, uh, but that's also why the uh, highlights are pretty short. Is because it's like we're trying to make sure we get just the the basics down. Um, yeah, it was it was a great race, but yeah. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, Newgarden absolutely dominated the race. Didn't even break a sweat, uh, really, for both races. But we'll see that in the second race shortly. Um, going into the second race, again, the qualifying was the same as the first race. Uh, Award and Erickson both made moves up the field on lap one. Award passed, uh, I believe, five people, and Erickson passed seven people. Uh, it was pretty crazy. They both went around the outside and just put their foot to the floor and uh, somehow had traction. Um, it was pretty crazy to watch, actually. <laughs> they just flew past everybody. Um, early on in the race, Canapino hit the wall and brought out a caution. Um, after that, Newgarden took the lead and never really looked back. Uh, power dropped back through the field in the middle of the race, but then fought his way back up to the top in the closing stages. Stingray Rob had a wheel fall off after a pit stop, and it was very lucky to not hit any cars on the track. It actually rolled up onto the track, and you can see cars dodging it left and right. Uh, I don't know how no one hit it. Yeah, it was one of the few times during in-car race where like, I audibly gasped. Nobody's in the room even. I think uh, only my girlfriend's... Or, yeah, she her cat was watching uh, <laughs> and looked up weird. But yeah, I, I kind of gasped when I watched it and saw Rossi swerve around it. Yeah, it was. it's pretty scary when tires just fly out onto the track like that because if a car hits it not only will that car be extremely damaged that tire is going to go flying and there are grandstands around the entire track and uh that could be very bad um but uh luckily none of that happened um i think the team is probably going to receive a large fine for how they handled that because they knew the second that he left the pit box that that wheel was not on and uh, they didn't say anything, so I think they were hoping that he could make it around the track once so they could actually get the wheel on, but uh, that's not what happened. Um, so, if that's the case, then yes, a fine is probably coming in as well deserved, because that can't happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Rosenqvist found himself in P2 near the end of the race, um, and then after a late restart, Newgarden pulled away uh, like he did for the rest of the race. Power made it to P2. And Polo made it all the way back up to P3. Uh, a lot of drivers at the end of the race were on completely cooked tires and uh, low fuel and <laughs> kind of just fell back through the field like McLaughlin did. Um, there was a, uh, yeah, it was, it was the second race. There was a lot of weird pitch strategy that, that uh, affected a lot of people. Award was a benefit, was not a beneficiary, whatever the opposite of that is. <laughs> uh, he got unlucky with strategy that race there we uh, go he finished 10th um but yeah going through the results of the high v one step which was the second race in iowa uh it was new garden power and Pillow on the podium fourth and fifth were rosenquist and mclaughlin six through ten was dixon herda malukas erickson and award 11 through 15 was kirkwood grosjean lingard eilat and rossi 16 through 20 was Castro Neves, Daly, VK, Harvey, and Ray Hall. 21 through 25 was De Francesco, Ferrucci, Carpenter, Hunter Ray, and Sato. Uh, and then 26 through 28 was Canapino, Peterson, and Stingray Rob. Stingray Rob was, I believe, the only technical DNF. Uh, I think the other ones did finish, um, but Benjamin Peterson was like 43 laps down. Uh, and. Um, yeah, <laughs> there were several drivers that were more than 10 laps down. Um, but uh, in terms of talking points for that race, Polo absolutely still maintains his championship lead, especially finishing third in that second race. He still has a an 80-point lead over Joseph Newgarden in the championship, which is almost two race wins. 
Um, Newgarden absolutely dominated the weekend. Looks like he had no competition out there. Um, yeah, I don't. It looks like he was on a just completely another level. That's why they call him the Corn King. Yes, they did call him the Corn King, <laughs> <laughs> which I kind um, of hate. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but <laughs> um, fantastic weekend from Newgarden, and now he is actually, I would say, a championship contender, depending on how the rest of the season goes. He is very well planted himself in P2 in the championship, um, and then they put another. They talked about another stat. He has now won five oval races in a row. Uh, the last five oval races that we've done. And uh, he joins an exclusive list of Al Unser and AJ Foyt, I believe was the other one. Uh, there's only three people who have won five oval races in a row. And we have one more oval race. I forget which one it is. Um, but we have one more before the end of the season. And I believe if he wins that one, he will be the only person to ever win six in a row. That's impressive. What race didn't... Yeah. What oval race didn't he win? Why can't I think of that? Huh? What oval race did he not win? What do you mean? I'm pretty sure he lost one this season, right? Uh, no, he's won. He won Iowa two last season, and then he won Texas this year, uh, the Indy 500 this year, and then both Iowas this year. And so oh, okay. that's the five in a row. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> there is another oval race this year, is what they said. I don't know exactly what it is, because uh, we're approaching the end of the season rapidly, but. Um, yeah, that's what they said. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. going through the standings. Oh, What's that? go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I saw a couple comments on a uh, Reddit uh, saying people were kind of confused. Like I thought IndyCar wasn't uh, a constructors championship because uh, Penske just pretty much swept the weekend. Oh. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was confused for a sec. <laughs> but yeah, no, Penske <laughs> absolutely dominated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the standings in the championship, we'll go through the top 10, are Polo, Newgarden, Dixon, Erickson, McLaughlin, Award, Power, uh, Herda, Lundgaard, and Rossi. Um, it's, yeah, not even close at the front. Uh, Polo is... Again, 80 points ahead of Newgarden, who's 40 points ahead of Dixon in third. Uh, so I would wager that Polo will win and Newgarden will finish second, but there, there's still quite a few races left this season. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> but I don't I don't really see Polo losing this lead at that point at this point. Um, but that uh, is all to come. Moving on to Formula One. Uh, well, actually, let's go through some news real quick. Uh, right after we recorded this podcast, and I mean right after, like I'm talking two hours after we finished recording this podcast, something leaked on Reddit that said there was a massive rumor that Nick DeVries would be de- replaced by Daniel Ricciardo, and then about 12 hours later, it was confirmed in the F1 world that uh, Ricciardo would be replacing Nick DeVries at AlphaTauri. And so the Honey Badger himself has returned to the F1 grid, and unfortunately Nick DeVries is out, and I don't think we'll be picked up by anybody else. No, so, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Unfortunately for him, but, uh, I mean, I guess uh, that's that's how it goes. That's how Red Bull works. Yeah, they dropped him way faster than I thought, though. I thought, like, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll wait until the uh, his home Grand Prix and then drop him. No. Yeah. Or at no, least they the got mid-season. rid of him immediately. Yeah. No. Pretty crazy. He had ten races, and they they decided to drop him after ten races. Uh, pretty wild. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, a little harsh, I think, but that's how Red Bull goes. Um, yeah, the Red Bull meat grinder continues. Honestly, I think a lot of it was. I mean, there's this. They keep saying they have no plans to replace Perez with Red with uh, Ricardo, but then the way they talk about how well Ricardo's test went, and now they're putting him in the Alpha Tauri accelerated, like I, I could see it happening. And maybe we kind of see Perez's performance 
this race, which wasn't bad, but like, yeah, he's in the fastest car on the grid. Uh, I think they want yeah. to, at the very least, keep that option open. Um, and so they wanted to give Ricardo as much seat time and race time as possible to get him ready and see basically use this as an audition for Red Bull again. Um, and I think that they just saw that DeVries or Tsunoda really are not super viable options to take that Red Bull seat. And their priority right now is who's going to take that Red Bull seat. Uh, so I think that's probably why they cut DeVries so early. Um, yeah. But uh, still unfortunate. Uh, it is nice to see Danny Rick back on the grid, though. I did miss his presence for sure. Yep. And he seems genuinely happy to be there. I mean, kind of towards the end, he was looking a little down at his time with uh, McLaren, but seems like he's kind of refreshed. Have a little yeah. bit of downtime to reset. I think so, and I think... I don't know what it is, but I think he just fits, like, personality-wise. I just think he fits in that Red Bull team so well. Uh, you start watching all, like, the, the videos that they do, the promo videos, and he just looks so happy to be there all the time. Um, yeah, I, uh, and I mean, yeah, AlphaTauri, like, they've built kind of a, a brand on having a good driver relationship, or like, I don't know, they have a very strong, like, outside of the racing brand of, like, AlphaTauri fashion and uh, all that stuff, and I think Ricardo kind of fits into that, too, in the meantime. Yeah, for sure. So, we'll see how that pans out, um, but Ricardo did do incredibly well this race, and, uh... We'll talk about that, but um, if he can consistently beat Tsunoda, uh, <laughs> I would worry about Tsunoda's seat, honestly, if I were him and AlphaTauri, because if he gets beat by Ricardo consistently, the whole point of AlphaTauri is to basically be a <laughs> training ground for future Red Bull drivers, and uh, if you're not good enough to get to Red Bull, then they really have no more use for you. Um, so if Ricardo absolutely just crushes Tsunoda in the second half of the season, uh, they might bring somebody else over to replace Tsunoda next year as well. Um, like Liam Lawson or something like that. But, uh, we'll see. Anyway, going into the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, this is usually a pretty entertaining race. This time it was, well, not really. Uh, it, well, it was in the first half, and then the second half was was pretty... I, I fell asleep, I'll be honest. Uh, it was also 7 a.m., and I woke up at 6 to watch the race, and I was very tired. But, excuses aside. <laughs> going through qualifying, yeah, top happen. 10. Yeah. Uh, top 10 were Hamilton, Verstappen, Norris, Piastri, Joe, Leclerc, Bottas, Alonso, Perez, and Hulkenberg in qualifying. Uh, both Alfa Romeos in the top 10, with Joe starting 5th. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, not not used to seeing that from the uh, Alfa Romeos. <laughs> they have been yeah, that was super weird. Here. Yeah. Joe quickly corrected the mistake that he made getting oh, yes. so high. Uh, during the race absolutely and speaking of that we'll go into the race highlights Max Verstappen passed Lewis Hamilton for an early lead um, Piastri got a great jump and uh, made it up to P2 on the first after the first corner Hamilton ended up dropping to P4 behind Lando Norris uh, before even they got to turn one Guanajuato hit Ricardo and uh, he ran into Ocon and Gasly as a result of that and both Alpines were out of the race due to terminal damage uh, the reason Joe was so far back and hit Ricardo, who I think started 13th, uh, was he had an absolutely atrocious start. Um, went into anti-stall after getting a really poor reaction to the lights, and it was just the perfect storm of bad things. Uh, and so he dropped to, like, 15th <laughs> before he even crossed the start-finish start line. Uh, it was pretty wild. Yeah. And then he, he uh, put on his best Bottas impression and uh, went bowling in Hungary. <laughs> Bottas, um, at least didn't... when it was like traction limited, it was wet, it was really stacked up. The cars were the last gen where like he got really bad 
like dirty air behind the cars. Yeah, that is but, true. Like, this was in the the dry. Like, oh man. Well, we'll see. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you ask your teammate for advice, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> followed it to a T. But anyway, uh, all shade aside, <laughs> Norris undercut Piastri in the first round of pit stops. Press started to cut his way through the field, um, made it up pretty quickly, and also Russell made his way into the points from P18. Uh, Russell had actually a fantastic race uh, to finish as high up as he did. Uh, starting 18th uh, after a horrible, horrible qualifying performance. Um, kind of more his team's fault than his, but that's uh, that's beside the point. Um, Leclerc got a five-second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Perez passed Piastri on lap 47 for P4. Hamilton then took uh, made a pit stop and passed Piastri for P P4 later on, but could not catch Perez, so Perez ended up third. Uh, the podium was Verstappen, Norris, and Perez. Fourth and fifth were Hamilton and Piastri. Six through ten was Russell, Leclerc, Sainz, Alonso, and Stroll. Eleven through fifteen was Albon, Bottas, Ricardo, Hulkenberg, and Tsunoda. Sixteen and seventeen were Zhou and Magnussen. And then we had three DNFs, which were Logan Sargent, Esteban Ocon, and Pierre Gasly. That's two double DNFs in a row for Alpine. They are hurting for certain. I can't believe you just said that. Uh, but yeah, that it's even... Well, I don't know if it's better or worse that it wasn't even their fault this time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because like on one I mean, hand, it's... the team chemistry really needs to be good. They really need to work together to like, eke out some kind of recovery for over the next half of the season. But at the same time, like just having that be up to fate in Joe's aim with Ricardo is brutal. Yeah. So I forgot to write down some talking points, but some basic ones, I'd say. Verstappen continues to uh, maintain his championship lead, continues his <laughs> win streak. Uh, yeah, he was 35 seconds ahead for most of this race. Yeah, yeah. He finished 33 seconds ahead of Lando Norris in second. Uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Lando drove a fantastic race and still finished half a minute behind Verstappen, and if that doesn't sum up this season so far, I don't know what does. Yeah, yeah, those um, McLarens are so fast now, though. Yeah, that's the other another talking point. Uh, McLaren, they are well and surely back. Uh, I was a little skeptical after Austria and Britain. I was sure very excited but i thought maybe because they're both power tracks it's just a fluke and they have a really good straight line speed but then we go to hungary which is basically uh monaco without the walls in terms of how twisty it is <laughs> um and they're just as dominant there uh so i would say mclaren definitely has a very 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 solid car now which is kind of crazy considering how they started the season yeah, it's also ironic that they have such a fast car now, now that, uh, I don't know if you already had this in talking points, but Max is officially, uh, did he pass or did he tie the most consecutive wins in a row for a team? Uh, no, so that's, uh, so Red Bull now has, they passed the most consecutive races. They got, they have the new record for most okay. consecutive race wins. They stole it from the McLaren team in the 80s. Uh, it was like the late eighties. I forget exactly which year. I think it was 89 or something like that. Um, and, uh, the two drivers from McLaren who McLaren at that point was the dominant car. The two drivers, uh, you might've heard of them were, uh, Ayrton Senna and Alan Prost. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no biggie. we've got Max Verstappen basically shouldering the, the load <laughs> that both of those drivers did back in the eighties. Uh, and I think, well, Perez won two two races this year, so... But anyway, uh, they've won 12 races in a row, which is absolutely absurd. And um, quite quite impressive. I don't see them stopping. I think that record will continue to extend. Max is now, I think, three races from breaking the record uh, for most consecutive race wins for one driver. Uh, he has to win Belgium next, the Netherlands, and Italy, and then I think he will have the record, or at least tie it, I don't remember 
Exactly. Uh, I think this was his seventh. I believe. And he has I think seven. it was his seventh race win. Yeah, seven in a row yeah. now. So he needs so three to break it. Yeah, three would break it. Two would tie him with Vettel um, with nine races in a row. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't see him not winning all of those races. Um, it's really reliability, I think, at this point, or somebody taking him out are the only two things that would stop him from winning those races. In terms of pure yeah. pace and race skill, I don't think anybody can stop him this year. And nobody's going to be able to take him out because, like, he's in a different part of the track from everybody else. Yeah, it's going to be have to be either a lapped car or a lap one incident. Or a freaking um, missile or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, bring Daniel Kvyat back, the torpedo, and uh, <laughs> have him, yeah, do his thing. But, um, yeah, and then uh, another talking point, Daniel Ricciardo, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but he finished P13, he started P13, so while you might not think that finishing P13 is very impressive, he did get crashed into and sent to the very back of the field at the beginning of the race. So he recovered from... And he's from, in Alcatari. Right. He recovered from P18 plus a few seconds because of the accident, uh, all the way back to P13 with some minor damage on the car, and uh, he passed his teammate in the process. So very, very successful drive from Daniel Ricciardo, I'd say. Um, he seemed in the post-race interviews to be pretty happy with how it went. And I would be too if I were him. If he started P13 and didn't get run in ran into, he might have finished in the points, which is kind of crazy to think about. I would have um, absolutely just been clowning on Tsunoda. Tsunoda and DeVries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But after, after watching that race, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores points at least a couple times this year. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, going through the standings real quick. In F1, uh, not too much has changed. It's uh, still Verstappen and Perez out front. Followed by Alonso in third. Fourth and fifth are Hamilton and Russell. Sixth and seventh are Sainz and Leclerc. I didn't realize Sainz was ahead of Leclerc in the championship. That is very interesting. Um, eighth is Lando Norris. Ninth is Lance Stroll. Tenth is Esteban Arcon. Eleven through fifteen are Piastri, Gasly, Albon, Hulkenberg, and Bottas. Sixteen through twenty are Joe, Tsunoda, Magnussen, Sargent, and DeVries. And then 21st is Daniel Ricciardo. Sargent, DeVries, and Ricciardo do not have any points. Um, so I would say Piastri in 11th is probably going to move up quite a bit by the end of the season. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say it's hilarious to me that Piastri has already beaten Pierre Gasly in points and is so close to Alcon despite only having a good car for the past two races. Yeah. Um, well, that happens when, like, I'm kind of ghastly healthy <laughs> enough the last two races, so they're going to drop a little bit, but then you got Lance Stroll floating out there in ninth when his teammate is third. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is kind of shocking to me though. that, well, it's, what surprises me is that Alonso's still in third, considering the last few true. races, I feel like Aston Martin's kind of been back in the midfield rather than being out front like they were at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, they just haven't brought the upgrade packages that Mercedes and McLaren have. Yeah, same can be said about Ferrari. They just have not upgraded their car in the same uh, to the same success, I guess, as yeah. Mercedes and McLaren, especially. McLaren is absolutely the comeback story of the season so far. Uh, it's it was it's kind of crazy. It's like they flipped a light switch, and all of a sudden their car is like second best on the grid. Or at yeah, least... it really. I really wonder, like, what thing they found, or what things they found, where they're like, "Oh, we solved it." That's why our car was slow, and they just, yeah, I'm very intensely interested to know. Yeah, it is interesting that right before this upgrade line, they did, well, not right before, but uh, a few months ago, they did basically clean house in their development department and replaced them with a bunch of people that they stole from Red Bull. So. That could have something to do with it. <laughs> They've all been um, touched by Adrian Newey at some point in their lives. Yeah, something like that. They have the the magic dust. Uh, but I think that's actually probably a pretty big part of it. Um, they just kind of started over and <laughs> poached a bunch of people from the best team. 
So if that uh, if that's the case and they can continue this trajectory, they'll probably have a way different car next season. Um, so if it's closer to what the Red Bull is, which we might see some orange Red Bull memes, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they could be competitive or more competitive than they have been this season, hopefully. Yeah, um, it's about time somebody copied the Red Bull car. Even AlphaTauri hasn't figured that out. Yeah, Aston Martin kind of tried to do that at the beginning of the season, but then they didn't really make it work as well. <laughs> and so, yeah. But anyway, uh, that's the driver standings. Constructors still very much Red Bull out in front by, like, over two times. Uh, <laughs> they have more than twice the points of Mercedes in second. Uh, then Aston Martin is in third, followed by Ferrari and McLaren in fourth and fifth. Uh, and then 6 through 10 is Alpine, Eva, Haas, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri. Williams in eighth. Love to see it. Well, tied for seventh, actually, with Haas. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. a pretty good feat. Yeah. It's pretty much I'd Albon so. carrying. Well, it is Albon carrying the team at this point. It is absolutely Albon carrying the team, yeah. Um, and you could also say it's Hulkenberg carrying Haas. I mean, Magnussen does have two points, but Hulkenberg has nine. Uh, so there's that. And then, yeah, but um, things could still very much shake up at the bottom of the field. Uh, just one good race from any of those teams could put them into P7. Um, very true. So there's that. Uh, Alpine is way far behind McLaren now. Um I don't know how far up McLaren can get at this point in the season. I mean, we are really only halfway through. Uh, I don't know. And f- Ferrari, though. What? I don't know if they're going to pass Ferrari. Yeah, it's, that's going to be... If they can pass anybody, it would be... It would be just Ferrari, I'd say. Uh, they are 80 points behind Ferrari. Um, but who knows? Ferrari's just not been there this this season. Like this this part of the season, I guess. Um, so I don't know if they can catch Ferrari at this point. It might be too late, but uh, you know they've also scored like fifty points in the last three races, so it's anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, pit stop championship. Uh, the top ten scoring points are what? Something's oh I forgot to change the numbers again. Every time. Uh, let's see. Okay. So the top 10 are Perez, Piastri, Sainz, Norris, Leclerc, Sunoda, Verstappen, Ricardo, Stroll, and Hulkenberg. Uh, Perez, uh, won again, and he has, I think, the first sub-two-second pit stop of the season. Um, I think we had one last season. Uh, from McLaren, but I don't think we've had any this season so far. Yeah, he had a 1.98 second pit stop, and then McLaren almost had one too. They also they had a 2.01 second pit stop with Piastri. So we're starting, get, just starting to, figure starting to get closer to the heyday of the pit stop. Yeah, I remember when they implemented the rules, and it felt like the world was going to end because all these teams, or even Red Bull, were suddenly pulling out. You know, like three second pit stops, the fastest. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like that either because it's pretty, pretty crazy to see the, you know, Red Bull. I think their record is like one point eight four seconds. Yeah, that's uh, pretty sick. Which is an insane feat for a pit stop. That's absolutely nuts. Um, but they're getting there. Yeah, like you said, we're back to the one point nines. Um, one point eights are probably pretty far away, but uh, I'm sure they'll get there at some point just takes one um but uh going through the standings don't really have too much to share in terms of changes perez is still way out in front uh norris has made a jump up into third um verstappen's in fourth uh hulkenberg is finally on the board with one point after this race uh (laughs) hasn't had a lot of great pit stops i guess um but yep, still Red Bull in front, followed by Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine, AlphaTauri, and then 5 through 10 are Aston Martin, Mercedes Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. Alright, 
Every take of the week, I gave this, like I said earlier, to Joseph Newgarden for his pass on McLaughlin and Power on lap 31 of the second race of Iowa. Uh, it was a crazy pass down the inside, double overtake, um, just sent it and made it stick. Uh, there were a lot of crazy passes on the ovals. Uh, almost gave this to Award for his pass on lap one, uh, around like five drivers on the outside. Um, but in terms of race context, this wasn't at the start of the race. This wasn't directly after a restart. Um, it was just a clean double overtake, which you don't see too often on ovals. And the fact that it was for the lead just makes it that much better. Yeah, absolutely. It was for the lead of the race. And then he pretty much was in the lead for the rest of the race after that. Um, all right, going into our predictions for this week. Uh, starting with the Toronto Grand Prix which seems like forever ago now. Yeah. Um, but it was just a week ago. <laughs> uh, let's uh, hear... Uh, first off, pole position went to Christian Lundgaard, uh, which I don't think anybody was really expecting. What did you say, Ben? Well, I had Herta, which I guess I wasn't really expecting either, but I can keep trying. You can keep trying. Well, he did get pole in the last two races before that, so that was a fair fair call i'd say um and i put pet of award and i was wrong as well and then the podium uh was lundgaard polo and herda and what did you say ben i doubted herda in the end game but uh, i put dixon polo and erickson polo was like the free bingo centerpiece yep he's the first step in a mini car uh i also had polo I had Pelot winning, though. I guess it's technically in no particular order, but um, I had Pelot winning, and then Oward and Newgarden were the other two on the podium, but uh, that was incorrect. And then winning number of pit stops was two. I got it right. Woohoo. Finally a win for you <laughs> on pit stops. Yes. And then what did you say, Ben? I overshot by one. Gotcha. Went with three. All right. Uh, moving on to the first race in Iowa, uh, Will Power was on pole for both races. Uh, what did you say, Ben? I had Erickson. Okay, and I had Newgarden. Uh, unfortunate. Yeah, but it's okay. Uh, podium was Newgarden, McLaughlin, and Award. What did you have, Ben? Well, I did have Award, but I had Ferrucci as kind of my uh, dark horse pick, and I had Erickson. Gotcha. Uh, Erickson's very good in ovals, so I would say that's a very good, very good uh, pick there. I had Newgard and Pillow and Dixon, and for once, Pillow did not hit as our free bingo space. Um, but I did get the uh, the Newgarden hit right, and then there were four pit stops uh, for the winning number of pit stops, and you got that Which correct. Is exactly this what time I had. Then. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Did you have Newgarden? Did you expect him to win, or I did. I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I expected Newgarden to win, um, but uh, that was pretty much the only thing I got that I actually uh, predicted this week. So uh, I had three pit stops as my winning pit stops and was incorrect. And I remember last time, last episode, we were talking about how we were scared that it was going to be like five, six, seven pit stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was only four. So we forgot that. how short Iowa was. Yeah, well, it's I not did. a super long. Yeah, it's not a super long track. I did too. Um, if it was Indianapolis, then it would have been like six or seven pit stops. Uh, but Iowa is like an 18-second lap, so um, yeah. you can do learning. like 50 laps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, and then the second Iowa race, uh, once again, pole position was Will Power. I said Joseph Newgarden again. What did uh, you say? I had... I had a word. Um, a word. I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week about why I put two different uh, drivers to hedge my bets, but unfortunately, neither of them was correct. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't get either of my correct either, so don't feel too bad. Um, all right, podium was New Garden Power and Polo. What did you have, Ben? I had a word, Dixon and Polo, the human free bingo space. Yep, and I I had a word, Erickson and Polo. So we did hit Polo on this one. Uh, I thought I, I said Newgarden for pole and then not on the podium. I don't know what I was thinking. 
maybe I thought he'd crash, but uh, that's not <laughs> not what happened. Um, so, yep, we both got Polo right, and then when I got rid of pit stops, we had these same answers as last time, and it was once again four pit stops, so Ben gets another point there. Um, yeah, we did have one more caution in the second race than the first one, so I was kind of that is kind of wondering if that would shake things up, but it did not. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, there was there was some weird strategy going on in the second race, so I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get five. But um, anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, Hungarian Grand Prix in F1. We'll remind everybody of the top five. It was Verstappen, Norris, Perez, Hamilton, and Piastri. <laughs> uh, what did you say, Ben? Uh, I had I, the other human free bingo space, Verstappen, uh, coming in first. And then I had Hamilton, Alonso, Norris, Russell, and Sainz as my dark horse. Okay. And I, yes, had the free human bingo space, Verstappen. Winning the race, followed by Alonzo, Hamilton, Perez, and Norris. Uh, I actually got, yeah, we both got most of the top five correct, just in the wrong spots. Um, and then neither of us hit our dark horse, or we're really even close to hitting our dark horse. Um, but, uh, yeah. wait, where did, where did Sainz finish? He finished eighth. Okay, so you were kind of close with him as uh, dark horse, but not really. I mean... Ferrari's challenging for the lead last season, and now he's coming in eighth. I'd and now you're not yeah, now you're putting him as that. a dark horse. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, like showing how. Yeah, it's more Ferrari, but yeah, that's okay. Uh, all right, fastest lap uh, went to we Max Verstappen, and we both said Verstappen, three points there, and then driver of the day went to Sergio Perez. What did you say, Ben? I had Norris. Fair. Norris almost got it. He was like 0.5% behind Perez. And then I had Alex Albon. And uh, Albon did not have a good race. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so. Oh, well. Unfortunate. All right. Moving into our predictions. We only have one race next week. So it uh, should hopefully be a little bit of an easier episode <laughs> for us, at least. Yeah. Um, it is the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, so let's start with your top five, Ben. Yep. So obviously I have Verstappen, uh, but I have Hamilton second. Like he did really well. He took top place in qualifying. So I I got a little more confidence in for this race. Uh, following him, I've got Perez, Norris, Sainz, uh, moving him up in the world, and then my dark horse is Ricardo. Interesting. Okay, Ricardo fascinating uh i hope that's true <laughs> that would be insane i would love it um all right in my my top five i also have verstappen in first because uh, i like being right and then i have norris second because i see him continuing his form uh then followed by perez in third uh piastri fourth and russell fifth and akon is my dark horse spa is a weird one uh, Spa is such a long track and such a like a varied track. It has a little bit of everything in terms of high speed and low speed. That I very much believe that it rewards cars more than drivers in terms of uh, performance. Uh, so that's why I kind of have Red Bull and McLaren up at the front with Alcar or Russell as my fifth. That makes um, sense. But uh, anything can happen. We could have copious amounts of rain that make us sit and stare at a screen for four hours just for them to do two laps and cancel the race. Uh, that could very well happen. It's happened before. Uh, let's not have that happen, please, Formula One. Yeah. Uh, I'm begging you. If I don't want to go through that again. Avoid the flooding, the rain, <laughs> the, the not-refundable tickets, the just all of it yeah let's avoid that all of it yeah yeah not ideal in any any meaning of the word um but all right fastest lap <laughs> i'm rambling uh <laughs> fastest lap what do you got ben uh well the answer is verstappen the question is by how much at this point okay yeah i also have verstappen uh so we'll see by how much um driver of the day what do you have I have Ricardo because if this guy, if this dude scores points in Spa, uh, I think that's going to push him to the top. 
Yep, you're absolutely right. I wish I would have thought of that, but I said Oscar Piastri. Um, but you're right. If Ricardo scores points, he will get driver of the day almost assuredly. Um, because he is a fan favorite for sure. All right, that runs off our predictions for this week. Uh, now we move on to everybody's favorites and the most useful segment in Rev Hang, Ben's Words of Wisdom. What do you got for us this week, Ben? Oh, man, I've had so much experience this week. Uh, but I've been using many, many power tools to do uh, new trim and redo trim in some of the bedrooms of the house that I'm moving into. Because, uh, you know, once you actually own a house, you're not afraid to spend money and put equity into it. Um, but that's beside the point. Uh, but it's super useful. Like, you don't have to get them all at once, but just, you know, start accumulating power tools, things that you can use to, like, do your own projects. You don't have to pay somebody else to do it. Uh, you can do it exactly how you want. It's a super useful skill that you can market. Uh, and once you have the tools, if you get good ones... Uh, I kind of hate saying cry once, buy once, but if you get good tools, they'll last pretty much forever, uh, and it's always going to be something you can use. Absolutely. I have, uh, these are very good words of wisdom. Uh, I have been amassing my own collection of power tools and just automotive tools in that own regard, uh, because I don't have very, or I, I didn't have very many. Uh, well, it's kind of a mixture, but uh, I like Milwaukee a lot. Yeah, um, I wish I had more money yeah. to buy Milwaukee stuff. Yeah, that's where the Pacers uh, stuff comes from. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, if I had unlimited money, it would be Hilti everything. But uh, wow. I don't have unlimited money. I can't yeah. buy from Luxembourg. That's just too much. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, power tool is very important. Very nice when you have <laughs> your own. You don't have to ask people to borrow them. Uh, I'm still working on my socket collection. My girlfriend has a, a one, what is it? She, anyway, she has a massive socket that she needs for her uh, oil filter on her car. And I found that out in the middle of changing her oil last time. Uh, and I didn't have it. So um, that was a fun conversation to have with her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, we got that figured out. Uh, but it's always nice to have more tools than you think you need because someday you're going to need it and you're going to be glad you have it. Yep. Or you can be the hero when other people need to borrow your tools and inevitably not give them back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that runs off our episode. Thank you everybody so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. You can follow the RevHang page at RevHangMedia on Instagram. We'll be back in a week to talk about the Formula One Belgian Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See you later.